turn me into a dog. Can you believe this? And you're invited to Good morning. Welcome to Saturday Morning Obscurities. This is the podcast where we talk about weird old semi-forgotten kid shows of yesteryear. I'm your host, Melissa. I'm your host, Jams. And welcome to the podcast. This is... Thank you for being uh, here. Our f- yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, this is <laughs> our first... You. Uh, <laughs> you know, you? You? Thanks. Uh, this is our uh, first Halloween episode. Uh, it is first of many you are probably hearing this if you're hearing it the day that it came out on halloween um Mm -hmm. and if so good on you thanks for listening to it day of uh yeah we couldn't we couldn't miss the chance to release and miss a halloween episode so yeah then we'd have to loop the whole year back around again. Exactly, we would have to go el- all this- eleven months without a uh, Halloween episode, and I just could—I just can't do that to myself. <laughs> what would we do with all that pent-up Halloween energy? I think we would explode. I—I I don't think. <laughs> I think one of us would die. <laughs> We'd both become pumpkins. Yeah, that is how the curse works. If you don't consider <laughs> Halloween for eleven months, you become the Halloween. <laughs> Today, we are talking about the Disney Channel TV show, So Weird. This aired from 1999 to 2001. This is an old favorite of mine. I think back from before we even regularly had Disney Channel, Mm -hmm. because there was a, a while when it wasn't in our cable package, and we would only get to see it on these special like preview weeks, which were always like the biggest deal in our house. When they came around like once or twice a year. Right. And I got hooked on So Weird like way back then as a as a small Melissa. <laughs> this was also just a very elusive show. After the syndication yeah. stopped, they didn't play like reruns. So. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like until the, the show, the show aired, until Disney Plus was created, you could not find this show. Yeah, it just vanished and it never it ran for 65 episodes across three seasons, two years. So like not that long of a run. It yeah. didn't make it into syndication. I have found almost nobody in my life who has remembered this show. I have felt haunted by it for the last 20 years. <laughs> but yeah, that's exactly what we're looking for in the qualifications for being an episode of this podcast. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> So Weird was created by Tom J. Astel. Astel? It's A-S-T-E-L-E. So Astel, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, originally shot in USA and Canada and released in there. Yep. Original channel was Disney Channel. Uh, the production companies, there are a few of them, uh, mm-hmm. are Sugar Entertainment, not limited, not familiar, uh, No Equal in- <laughs> Entertainment, Incorporated. These don't have <laughs> websites, so I can't find information about them. No. No equal entertainment just sounds like a synonym for sugar entertainment. Like, <laughs> get that artificial sweetener out of here. These are uh, shadow companies for each other. <laughs> uh, we also have, of course, Disney Channel Originals uh, production company and Fair Dinkum Productions, Productions, which is uh, Henry Winkler's uh, production company. He is an executive producer on the show and does some guest stars in it. Yeah, he does a guest star. He's been in one episode that I've seen. I have been watching through the show again since it was put on Disney. Well, since Disney Plus came out yeah. you know, last November, it was the first thing I turned on Disney Plus. I just watched three or four so weirds in a row when everybody else was talking about the Mandalorian. Yeah. And I've been slowly working my way through it. It's been a good quarantine, buddy. I think <laughs> just all these spooky kids. I think the first thing I watched when Disney Plus like launched was the musical episode of Even Stevens. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I had to remember what year we went to the moon. I wouldn't know it if it weren't for that that musical. <laughs> uh, what was I your? Think we all have to think. Hmm? I was gonna, I was gonna say like I feel like we all, we all have to thank Christy Carlson Romano yeah. for knowing. This basic space fact. Hey, I think Chris- like, there's a lot of ast. <laughs> hey, Chrissy Carlson Carl- Romano. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Uh, I'd like to think that you've inspired a generation of astronauts. Oh, definitely. And they're going to put your name on a plaque on the moon. Just right on the moon. That's where you get the tour it deserves to be. Uh, I'm, I'm this gonna... is the Christy Carlson Romano Canyon. Canyon. Uh, they don't have canyons, do they? They have like valleys or something? Holes? Uh, uh, craters. Craters. That's the word. That's what it is. I forget. Because we don't, I don't know if we have those on Earth. Uh, we must. We because we have like places where asteroids have hit. So I think there It exists as a it exists as a noun, but I've never heard anyone say like, "Yeah, we should go to that national park. There's a great crater there to look at." I am I am almost certain that there must be a place where there are like craters to go and visit. Like that must be the case. There's no way we've, we've been in Earth this long uh and didn't know it. <laughs> Yeah, we'll do that after this. We'll look up craters, yeah. craters to visit, crater tourism. <laughs> so Mel, would you say this is your favorite uh, spooky Disney Channel show? I mean, I feel like there's an expectation that I'm supposed to say Gravity Falls, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, it's this. <laughs> Sorry, Gravity Falls, hit the showers. <laughs> But yeah, this was uh looking like, of course you've watched a lot of this. Uh, I didn't watch mm-hmm. so much of it when it was airing. It was more your your show. Um, yeah, rewatching it, I got like big nostalgia vibes. Like this is like a really good show. Yeah, it is. I was really pleasantly surprised when I went back and watched it again after Disney Plus launched. It's very well made. Yeah, like, like it's the. We'll get into the pilot in a sec, but the pilot's really good. Yeah, the show is surprisingly quite eerie. Yeah. And out of this whole crop of 90s era spooky kid shows, like you've got Goosebumps and Are You Afraid of the Dark, which are uh, anthology series. You've got Eerie Indiana, which was like more quirky than it was spooky, Yeah, I'd say. Also, having not seen that one in a very long time, got to find somewhere to watch Eerie Indiana. We'll get to it. So weird. I it's it does the spook very well and it also has a really great dash of just fun silly episodes like there's one we didn't cover for this podcast but there's one where they stop at this roadside diner that's run by the scandinavian woman who's secretly a troll and she turns everybody into vegetables great love it and the, and it's just like they've made these prop vegetables. They've gotten real vegetables and carved them. I don't know, but it's that person's face. So there's just like a cucumber that looks like Mackenzie Phillips. That's great, actually. That's that's good detail. Um, <laughs> this show also had like a weird thing in its third season where it completely yes. changed. It recast like the protagonist, which yeah. not a lot of shows can get away with. Yeah, I would love to run down our list of characters and like give everybody an outline of what this series actually is. Sure, let's, so let's, it's about let's do this, that. It's about this young girl named Fiona. She's like 13, 14 years old. She's super into spooky things. She runs a website, brand new for the time. Yeah. To have a girl that runs a website, and, wow. And we should also point out that the website works like a website should. They don't do anything <laughs> with a computer that computers don't actually do. So it's it's pretty I mean, good. It's, it is a little corny, but yeah, it's not wildly inaccurate for the time. Yeah. You can tell that they had at least one person who had created a website working on the show. I'd hope so. Right. I mean, before Squarespace, you had to do it yourself. Hey, Squarespace, sponsor us. <laughs> Squarespace is like ridding the world of any... <laughs> precocious young Fiona's trying to code their own supernatural <laughs> websites. Yes. So Fee is obsessed with spooky stuff. Her mom is a singer-songwriter, and they travel around on a tour bus. So it's her, her mom. Her dad died when she was a baby. She barely remembers him. Her older brother, Jack, who is very skeptical about all the supernatural stuff, but he's a good big brother, and he's there for Fee when she needs him. Mm-hmm. And then they travel with the mom's manager and her husband, who is the roadie and tour bus driver and the kids' uh, homeschool tutor. And then they have two sons. We start the show with the younger son, Clue, who's this like real dopey kind of California surfer dude guy. He's very cute. Yeah. And then he he goes to college 
and then his older brother drops out of college <laughs> and, and joins the mom's band. There must always be but a yeah. son in the, in the bus. Right. We always have to have one bellboy. And often <laughs> there are episodes where you've got both of the bellboys. And the, those are the best. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, bellboy. This is a great... This is a great show for boys. <laughs> yeah. Like Jack and Clue and Carrie are all very endearing characters. Jack might be my favorite because he's super sarcastic, but yeah. he's also very reliable and responsible. And he's like, I have to be the one to hold this family together. <laughs> yeah, that is a good uh, character role. I, I really like Clue. He's my sweet summer mm-hmm. child. He is. Yeah. The sweetest, the summeriest. But yeah, in season three, uh, the actress who played Fee left to just pursue other projects. She gave it a good run. And they brought in another girl named Annie, who was uh, the mom, Molly. It was some of her friends who we've never seen before. She's like, oh yeah, I have these friends who are anthropologists and they travel all over the world and they're going to be living in like the middle of the desert in Pakistan and they want their daughter to have the chance to go to a real school and be around kids her age and like learn music from me. So Fee, who was like, mom, I want to take a break from touring and all this weird supernatural nonsense we run into. I'm going to go stay with an aunt for a year. Like, get my head on straight. It's like, Fee leaves, just stay with another lady, and then Annie <laughs> comes in as this new family member. Like, hey, guys, I'm excited to live on a bus and be homeschooled by your roadie and learn to play the flute. <laughs> yeah. that's a. So did they write it out, like, as a scene in the first episode of season three that she leaves? Or do oh, they no, just... yeah. Okay, so it's it's... It's natural, then. It's organic. Yeah, like, yeah, something I appreciate about this show is that every entrance and exit is talked about. Good. You know, it's not, nothing happens abruptly. And even when a character's not there, they keep talking about them. That's great. Like, Fee's living with her aunt. They mention Fee a lot. In the episodes where, like, Clue goes to college, they still talk about Clue. That's... like Even, like, episodic characters. Like, there's an episode where they go and meet this girl named Gabe, uh, who who Jack has a crush on. We don't see her again, but he mentions her a lot, just like offhand, like, hey, can I borrow your computer? I think I got an email from Gabe. And like, he wears this necklace that she got him in a couple episodes. That's really sweet. That's very good writing. Yeah. Yeah, I love the continuity in this series. Uh, without further ado, do you want to watch the theme song and get into the episodes? Oh, yes. The theme song is an absolute killer. It's very, uh, before we get into it, it's very, like, it starts out very X-Files and, like, becomes very Buffy. (laughs) Those, I think, are the best comparisons for this show. Yeah, it's very X-Files Buffy. (laughs) Yeah, it's got a little bit less sass than Buffy. Yeah. And, like, a little bit less... Uh, what is the nature of reality and science and belief that X-Files has, but it is a similar uh, a similar look and vibe to it. Yeah. All right. We are starting the theme song in three, two, one, play. Yeah, and this is a song by Mackenzie. Yeah, she it's sings it. Yeah, she does a lot of songs, like fully produced, fully written songs throughout the series, and they're all really good. <laughs> you see her playing guitar on stage. There's the giant family bus driving around. There's Patrick Levis, perhaps the best actor in the entire show. Yeah, he's really great. <laughs> oh, this is from the Carrie seasons. Okay. I described what was available. Yeah, that theme song, I've, I've loved it since I was 10. And like in the years after the show was off the air and before YouTube came around, like, I t- it was just me and my memories. Yeah. But yeah, it's a very good theme song, though. It's very, very, uh, very catchy. I was definitely thinking about it after I, like, started the episode and I had to pause and walk away for a second. It was still playing in my head. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Uh, so the uh, we start with the pilot. We watched the pilot. Uh, we watched season one, episode six, and season two, episode seven. Uh, yeah. So we start with the pilot with just, I think it starts with Fee 
like in her room, like working on her website. Oh no, it starts mm. with a history lesson because all the episodes start with a history lesson. Yeah, all the episodes start with Fee narrating, uh, Fee and then Annie narrating the sort of background knowledge about, have you ever thought about blank? Yeah. Or legends tell of this thing. Which is really cool. That's always a very nice addition to like <laughs> format your show to start it out with something. Yeah. Um, do you know if any of these history lessons are real? Um, I think some of them are. I know. Like there is like... Re- I know the the first episode deals with the the great fire, big fires in Chicago, and that's a real thing. Like, yes, but I don't remember if like they talk about a sinking ship if that's real. But uh, yeah, I didn't think to look this up. No, yeah, this first episode does focus on a uh, historical event that at least the show believes happened in Chicago. Yeah. So yeah, the bus is on its way to Chicago. Molly's gonna do a show there. Yeah. Uh, we we see uh, Fee in her room, and the first mm. thing you have to know about this show is that <laughs> this RV contains multitudes. Like, God, the- <laughs> there's no way her room and, like, there's, like, a sitting room and, like, the boys have their own room. There's so many people on this bus, and, like, her room is, like, way too big. Like... Six people live on this bus, sometimes up to seven, if it's one of the times when you got both them bellboys. And they're both very tall. <laughs> they need all the room they can get. <laughs> it's it's amazing Eric Lively even fits on the bus. He's so tall. But it's, it's yeah, you definitely need to suspend disbelief when there's, like, curtains and, like, everything's very homey and she's sitting at a desk, like... She's just in a regular room, but there's no way that's a room on an RV. Uh, oh, absolutely not. Yeah. yeah, that's... I think the bus setting is cool. I appreciate how many real locations the show uses. Oh, yeah. But yeah, the, the, the individual bedroom has to be a set. <laughs> that doesn't... You can't fit a girl and a computer desk and an entire production crew in a, in a room on yeah. a tour bus. And, like, it, I don't think you see a full shot of the bed, but she's on a bed. Like, I, <laughs> I guess she could be on a futon. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you know what I do know? Uh, so, in... So, they... Uh, Fee is working on her website, uh, and she, like, knocks on the, on the uh, wall behind her because the boys are playing mm. music too loud. Uh, mm. And they come in to tease her, like, oh, you're on your website again, playing with ghosts. Yeah, you have a website. Uh, and they start playing with this uh, alien puppet. And Yes, they, I do, wrote this down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That we used to have that alien puppet. I feel maybe everyone had this alien puppet. You might be right. I don't know how mass produced this was. I thought we got this at a festival, at like a carnival. Um, Ooh, probably. Do you remember we got, I don't know if we got this at the same time as that little, like, alien, like, six by six thing we have in the basement? You know what I'm talking about? (laughs) It's like a little, like, fake framed portrait of an alien pointing and it says we are out there. (laughs) And that's just... It's, we got that at a carnival at at our mom's church. Yep. You know how carnivals, they roll in, you know, you throw the dart at the balloon, and then you win just a small, inexplicable photo to hang on your wall in a cardboard frame. And sometimes it's an outdated IP or an old celebrity. Yeah. And by old, I mean it's like, it's 2008, you guys still want a Jessica Simpson? Right, yeah. But sometimes it's like uh, a, an alien or like an airbrushed tiger or a peace sign. Yeah, this was, I mean, I'm sure like carnivals like cycle through available yeah. like things like, oh, we just got an order of like 50,000 like portraits. Here's 50,000 inflatable swords. <laughs> like, I'm sure that there's a lot of behind the scenes for carnivals. But yeah, like this, like <laughs> there's like this little alien that's got like a little puppet, and he's he's got little like three fingered hands, and I remember him vividly, but I don't know where yeah, he is now. He probably he probably got thrown away. an outfit. Yeah, yeah, man, he probably got wet or something. That's it's a weird way to paint our childhood, but okay. <laughs> no, I don't know. Like we had him in a corner in the basement, and then it rained too oh, much, yeah. and the basement flooded a little. We did have a leaky basement. I feel like that's what happened to most of our possessions. 
Yeah. Yeah, I still have a bunch. But I I definitely gave a bunch away and definitely Dad used to like uh was like very adamant whenever we cleaned about throwing stuff away. So we definitely <laughs> threw a lot of stuff away. This is, the fact that most of our childhood possessions got wet and thrown away makes it sound very sad. Yeah, that's why I was like, plenty of things. <laughs> we have a lot of stuff. I'm just saying that if something vanished, if we're like, didn't we used to own that thing? That is almost certainly what happened. It got wet. That's and thrown the away. Occam's razor answer. Yep. Yeah. No, that's fair. Uh, anyway, getting back to the show. <laughs> yes, they don't have a basement to worry about flooding because they live on a bus. Yeah. So yeah, we enter, we, we meet uh, the actors, we meet uh, Patrick uh, Levis is Jack, and we mm. meet Eric Von Detten, who is Clue, Carrie Delizia is uh, uh, Fee. Also, I want to point out their, their names, like Fee and Clue, it feels like they're Tron programs. <laughs> like, especially Clue, because that is a Tron program, yes, like, not even literally. Sp- spelled the same way and everything. Later, you find out his full name is Cluet. Cluet. I couldn't even find that on the his, on the research I did. Like, there's an episode where like there's a couple episodes at the beginning of season three where Molly's like between tours and they're at a high school. And by now, Clue has already graduated, but he's like inside the high school for some reason, and he's talking to, like a secretary who like knew him when he used to go there, and she calls him Cluet. Is it spelled in the subtitles at all? Oh, I didn't have the subtitles on. Oh, you fool. I, what I will tell you, mm. what I will tell you is that the Disney Plus episode descriptions are not very accurate. No, no. And there's two episodes back to back where they spell Carrie's name differently. <laughs> <laughs> How are they spelled? Uh, C-A-R-Y and then C-A-R-E-Y. Ooh. So who? who Bad call, Disney Plus. No, which is real. Right. What? There's an episode where they say, like, Annie buys a mysterious piece of jewelry. And I'm like, she buys a rock. <laughs> it's not a jewelry rock. It's a large rock. A mysterious piece of earth. <laughs> uh, but I do want to point out that you may recognize uh, Jack and Clue from the movie Brink. Uh, mm-hmm. They were both in Brink. Eric Von Deaton. He's got that classic, like, 90s Disney vibe to him. That he looks yes. like he was in a lot of stuff, but he's. You look at his IMDb, and it's like ten things you know, maybe. But he's wasn't just... he like the love interest in the Princess Diaries? Uh hold on. When did that come out? Uh, early two thousands. I don't know exactly. Uh, he was student kn- Josh Bryant. I don't know if that meant uh, he was the love and in- love interest. <laughs> maybe he was just a boy she walked past and thought he was cute. I can do a quick. But if his first name was Student, I don't think he was the love interest. <laughs> Student, yeah, I imagine not. He's the secondary antagonist. I'll have you know. Oh, beans! Oh, I think he's the. Oh, my Eric Von Detten's to be used for good. <laughs> I think he's the one in like, uh, in like the beach house like scene. I think that's him. I I don't remember anything about the Princess Diaries. <laughs> uh, this is we're off topic, but. Uh, I was talking with Ty and Lauren last night, or the other night. Yes. And Ty meant to say the machine from Princess uh, of Princess Bride, but he said the machine from Princess Diaries. That sucks <laughs> out your soul, and we were both like, "That's not what that is." Also, that makeover artist has a name. I'll have you know. I don't know. We laughed about that for a long time. Anyway, we have a show to talk about. Yeah. Uh, so they're rolling into Chicago. <laughs> There's a scene when they get to the club. First off, the pilot has a different Irene. Uh I I yeah, didn't write down this lady's that. name, but we've we've yet to get to Belinda Metz as Irene, the manager, and uh Clue and Carrie's mom. But the kids are having their tutoring session with Ned, who's the bus driver slash roadie slash teacher. And he wants them to write an eight to ten page paper on Chicago history while they're there. And I think Clue says, eight to ten pages? Who would get to page eight and then keep writing? <laughs> it's a good and writing. And I feel like this scene is just, right, this show's, 
it's not a comedy, but it's funny enough for what it is. I feel like this scene exists like prove to parents that it's not just going to be all like ghost busting antics. Like, don't worry about these kids living on a bus. They do have school. Yeah. Also, this this teacher dad is very wholesome. Uh, God, he's this huge bear of a man. Yeah, his middle is he's like so sweet. Yeah, when they list his actor, his like uh, abbreviated nickname is Squatch. <laughs> which is very very big and warm and wholesome yeah he's great yeah very good wholesome characters uh, mm-hmm. but then uh the club that they're at has it starts experiencing some ooh flickering lights uh and uh yep you get like the the tour or not the tour manager like the building manager come like oh this is just our ghost don't worry about it play here still please <laughs> don't worry about it uh and then i think we also get a scene with the mom and jack uh yes which was a very there's there's a lot of good stuff that happens with this pilot including mentioning mm-hmm. their dead dad like yeah they didn't have to do this in episode one they could have waited a little while longer but they mm-hmm. set up pretty much everything you need to know about these characters like i walked away from this episode like knowing all these characters' names and all everything to do about them, which not a lot of pilots Good. can do. Yeah, their dad, I, I think they say died in a car accident when she was a baby, so she barely remembers him. Jack got to live with him a little more. Mm-hmm. And as the show goes on, Fee starts investigating. Well, Fee's got this, she loves the supernatural, and she finds out that her dad was also super into spooky stuff, and her mom never told her because her mom has always been worried about her getting into the same thing too. Cause it seems like her dad might've messed with the wrong paranormal forces. And that got him killed. The devil ran him over in a car accident. <laughs> like he, he made He made a bargain with the wrong spirit. <laughs> yeah. Mo- Molly's asking like, Jack, how do you think fee's doing now that we've been like living on the road for a year? And Jack's trying to reassure her. Jack like never wants mom to worry. It's very sweet. Yeah, it's very, like, the son, it almost feels like the son in Smart House, like, reassuring the dad, like, don't worry, I, we've got everything under control, like, you don't have to bring anyone else into this. <laughs> uh, Jack's chiller about it, though. Like, yeah, he's, Jack is so clearly, like, I had to grow up really fast, and I am good at being there for my family, and I don't resent them. But <laughs> anything I do resent comes out as like pure sarcasm. Like all I have is quips. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna like get angry at my mom for dating a new guy, but I I have a lot of wisecracks I'd like to share. Yeah, I'm. You're not getting out of this without a few japes. Don't worry about that. <laughs> there is an episode where she dates a merman. <laughs> I, Jack is upset about that. I mean, I I guess I would be too. Dipper was upset when Mabel dated a zombie, so <laughs> I get where he's coming from. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is something both Disney Channel spooky shows have to have. You have to have an episode where somebody tries to date a merman. Yeah, I mean, oh yeah, th- she did date a merman too, didn't she? Uh, Mer- Mermando. How could I forget Mermando? Uh, Mabel had so many dates. <laughs> uh damn so we see some time passes and we see fee like investigating like the higher floors mm. of this building that the they're playing in and it's not yeah it's like the club is on the bottom floor and there's nothing on the upper yeah floors. and like she's walking on and there's like these like te- like not tempered but like clouded glass like like uh hallways with like doors mm-hmm. like it's a like a big hallway full of lawyers uh yeah and I don't know if there's a name for that, but it's a big hallway full of lawyers, but no, but no lawyers. You know, just frosted glass frosted, office yeah. doors, like a or like a PI would have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This looks like a building where no where noirs have happened. <laughs> yeah, they might have shot here for all we know. Um, yeah, but yeah, and she's walking around and like I think she has like her like uh, magnometer or whatever, like testing like. She, yeah, she has an EMF reader. Yeah, she takes this very seriously. Electric magneto fuzz. Uh, and she, uh, she gets to the end of the hallway and she's like, oh, and there's someone calling my name and it's Jack calling her name. He's like, come mm. down here. You're grounded for, for a week, which he says. And, and like, he says, mom says you're grounded for a week from the computer. And then they don't follow up on that. 
So he just kind of tosses <laughs> that away. Is, Molly is great and she's like very trusting of her kids. Like she gets a little worried when Fee gets too much into spooky stuff. But for the most part, she's like, yeah, you know, uh, you have your beeper on you. I can get in contact with you if I need to. Yeah, you know, go explore the city. <laughs> yeah, you pretty much. Are together, you're fine. I mean, yeah, that's that's how it worked back then. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so like she's she's like, oh, that's Jack calling me. But then she starts hearing, mm. oh, moaning and like crying and, and uh she turns around and like suddenly a ghost boy appears uh and yes. he's like from the 19 like 15s he's got the very like very like little rascals like 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 matted down hair what's that he's a newsie he's a newsie yeah he's full newsie and he's soaking wet yeah <laughs> there's just a dripping wet ghost boy in an empty hallway and it is legitimately eerie and no pis to be found uh, no, and then they, there's this like cut where it looks like he's like he look he, look, he like turns around to like run away, and it just stays mm. on him for a long time. Like yeah. he just fully turns around while looking at her and starts running, and then he start she starts chasing him, and then they turn a corner and there's a wet spot on the wall and no boy. So. Mm hmm. Uh. It's effective. I gotta say, like, this show does not have much of a budget. But I think no, what yeah. it has, uh, it, it knows how to tell a very simple, effective kid's ghost story. Yeah, like, every episode, or the three episodes I watched, at least, uh, were all, like, very, like, well done. Like, I think, especially, like, the scare later in this episode, which we'll get to in a little bit. Yes! That, yes. that, was, uh, that was, like, well, I, we'll get to it in a second. It's, it's very soon. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she goes and she's like, Mom, 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 I saw a ghost, I saw a ghost. And uh, Jack and Clue kind of like poke fun at her. Uh, and I think this is the moment where we get the thing between uh, Jack and Fee, where he's, or no, is that later? It is later, yeah. Okay. We do have a nice moment between Fee and Molly now where she says, Mom, do you believe me? And Molly says... I believe that it's important to you. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Very uh, supportive. Yeah. Uh, and then, so, Fee is doing, like, research on her website. A website that she runs mm -hmm. and, like, apparently gets enough people frequenting it that she can just, like, ask <laughs> questions in the forums and get, like, tons of hits back. Like... <laughs> yeah, like, her site is connected to an archive of spooky web information. Yeah, I read it as, like, a forum that a lot of people were frequenting, but maybe, maybe that's yeah. what it is. It does have, like, it does have a chat function. Yeah, uh, but I don't know if she ever spends time talking to anyone. She's like, people on the website said this, uh, which is cool. <laughs> yeah. So she's, like, doing, like, research. She's like, oh, maybe if he didn't die in the fire, like, what did he die of? And he's like drowning so she like searches like <laughs> great fire chicago drowning yeah so first she thinks about what are bad things that happened in chicago that might have killed a boy at that time great chicago fire no he's all wet he wouldn't be wet if he died in a fire so she, she googles chicago and drowning and like the year she thinks he's from and she finds that there was this big uh, like cruise liner that was sailing through Lake Michigan and it crashed and shipwrecked there in the harbor. Yeah. And sh she's like going through these like photos, these black and white photos of them, like mm. pulling people like out of the drink and like setting them aside and like, uh, <laughs> like staging them near like the building that they're like performing at. Uh, and then she gets to this picture of just like this couple and like this boy, like at a railing. And the, the picture, mm -hmm. like, zooms in on the laptop. Uh, like, very, yeah. very, and, like, she's, very she, not what a laptop of the time could do. Right. Is she zooming in or is the, like, the ghostly forces zooming in for her? She doesn't like, react. The boy. She doesn't react like it's yeah. something a computer wouldn't do, but it's definitely not what a computer would do. Um, but, yeah, she's, like, zooming in and zooming in like, that's the boy, even though it doesn't look mm -hmm. like him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And then we get the the second big scare, where suddenly the the picture like turns and looks at her, and the yes. laptop starts like weeping water from the top and like like crackling and stuff. And that was that was like a, a legitimate jump scare. Like I would probably be yeah, and like spooked by this show if I watched it. 
Yeah, and the boy's mouth is moving, and you can't hear a sound. It's just yeah. silent mouthing while the po- computer just pours water from nowhere. Very spooky. Would would have given me nightmares as a kid. Probably did. Yeah. Probably repressed that. <laughs> and then she's like, "I need to, I need to go and get help." Uh, I think yeah. now is where we get like the confrontation between Jack and Fee. Uh, yeah, she goes to. Okay, so they travel in the bus. But whenever they're in a town, they typically stay in a hotel. And it seems like maybe she's sharing a room with her mom. And she goes to the room where the boys are. And Clue is pulling a frozen burrito out of the freezer. <laughs> and then there's not a microwave. So he just eats it frozen. He's and like, he's like, I like him this way. It's like a burrito popsicle. Which I don't know if that's true. I think you would have a pretty hard time with that. But... <laughs> parents both looked at jack and clue and was like you two will watch each other (laughs) you're got music you're safer in each other's hands to attend to yeah jack you're in charge of clue watch him so we get this like nice uh writing moment between Mm -hmm. uh jack and fee where fee's like why don't you ever believe me and jack's like you keep you can't keep doing this when people die, they're gone forever, and they don't explicitly say it, but he, you, it's implied that he's like, you can't bring dad back, no matter what you try, and she's like, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna try my best, no matter what, which yeah, is like, cause she really cool. Yeah, yeah, I love that you. There's very little that's overt, but there's a lot that you can infer about this family's past and their relationships to each other. You can see that Jack misses their dad but like made peace with his death grew up got over it and fee because she barely knew him at all has never let go of the concept of their dad yeah and you can guess that that's why she's so into spooky stuff she's like what can i contact dad on the other side can i not get run over by a devil and contact my dad <laughs> but yeah so and th- so they go up and like she like pulls jack over to her side and they all, all mm. three of them go and investigate the uh, the building. And mm-hmm. they, she spots, they get separated. She spots the ghost boy and chases him back to that wet corner again. Uh, <laughs> and like, they all come around for that corner. And then they're like, we have, there's a room back in there. I saw it. Uh, which she saw mm. in like a ghostly gaze when he ran in there. Yeah. Uh, and they're like, well, we can get into it from below, which is a crazy thing to say. Like, if i can't if there's no door i'll go from beneath the floorboards and they do like the next shot is them lifting up floorboards like that's a thing you can do when you can't get into a a room in a building uh these kids they're they're ingenious yeah and then it's it's like there's a ladder because they're just like at like neck level like in this but it's not explained they're just in the next room yeah they built that ladder that's how smart they are (laughs) That's why they can watch each other. They're that smart. Right? They don't need to go to a real school. Ned has taught them everything. Exactly. (laughs) This is how you build a ladder, kids. (laughs) Uh, Today's ladder, tomorrow's history. Uh, (laughs) So, like, they they pop up into this, like, boarded-off room, which has, like, no signs of, like, Mm -hmm. a door removed. It's just, like, a room. Yeah. Yeah. Which I guess can exist in like a building this old, but I don't know. It's a little odd, yeah. and it's it still has like furniture in it, like an old table with like old mm. junk on it. There's like a like a desk or two. There's like stuff on the wall. There's like a, a chandelier and stuff, like cages hanging from the ceiling. It's it looks like an old storage room, but there's no telling what mm. it was. Uh, and then Jack is Clue and Fee. Uh, are fully in the room and Jack's like got his head poked up uh, and then like a like steamer trunk starts rolling across the floor uh, and uh-huh. almost decapitates him which would have been what what a, what a pilot decapitating a boy first episode <laughs> it's it's like how in the original concept of the pilot from Lost, they were going to cast Michael Keaton as Jack, so the audience would be like, whoa, Michael Keaton, a big movie star in this show, and then they were going to kill Michael Keaton like an hour in, and it's like Evangeline Lilly is now your only protagonist. <laughs> Forget Jack. Jack is dead. Deal with deal with Evangeline Lilly. And, I mean, instead they got Greg, Greg Grunberg, so. <laughs> we 
we're gonna kill someone. Yeah. <laughs> There's a quota to fill. They have to sacrifice yeah, the Alan demands. Yeah, Greg Grenberg and that guy who gets sucked into the turbine. Yeah. I don't he must have a name somewhere in the lore, but he, we don't, I don't know. Oh, I've never come across it. I don't if know. I don't know what it is, he probably does not have a name. Ooh, calling your shot. Uh, <laughs> I the, <laughs> look. This is my. These are my, this is my claim to fame. I know a medium high amount about Lost. Yeah. So so uh, back to back to the show. There, like a steamer trunk, like rolls down and like covers Jack ducks out. And it covers mm. the hole where Jack was, his head was poking out. And then the whole room starts tilting, which is like a nice, like, haunting effect you don't get. Because it's, she, yeah. he shouts like, shouts out that like, oh, it's tilting, like the boat is capsizing. Which is mm. really cool. Not a lot of, like, things do that, where it's like, the event that happens to the ghost is now happening to you. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, things start falling off the wall and, like, pushing them down. And then as, like, Fee is trying to, like, climb her way up, like, Clue's getting hit with, like, a bunch of, like, blankets and, like, looks like stuffed <laughs> animals. And he looks like he's drowning in them. Uh, and Fee, like, looks up and where the wall was, there's now the railing of the boat. And yeah, it's, I believe it's silent. Uh, yes. Yeah. You see, like, a, like a balding man and, like, like a, like a young woman that are supposed to be this couple yelling and reaching and you look mm-hmm. over the other side of the room and it's the boy like like hold, hanging on and reaching too and it's just this like very like interesting like it's very well shot uh very cool moment where like she's like fee is watching as like these like two parties like yell at each other and reach for each other and then the boy like slips and falls and then i thought she was going to like catch him and like reunite them but like as soon as she touches him like everything stops like the room goes back to normal uh jack comes back up and helps clue up and then they look over and fee's just holding the boy's jacket with his name on the back yeah his name tag is inside the jacket and like his parents were his parents drowned uh and like their bodies were lost in the lake but the boy drowned and they like were able to get his body out and like they kept all the bodies inside this building while they were identifying them and sending them out to their families. And she finds out that uh, the boy was never reunited with his family. But now that she has the jacket with his name on it, she's able to connect him to his family. And the the next thing you see is the whole family, both families like at a grave site. (laughs) And Fee's like telling him like, there's this boy I found. And then Ned's like, great job, Fee. I look forward to reading about this in your paper. Like, Ned, she fed, she reunited a boy corpse with his parents. Do you still have to make her write a paper about it? Do not it? belittle this event. She's done the history, Ned. She also, you also get a, a throwaway line where she's like, the historical society is going to rebury the boy with, this, with his parents. Mm-hmm. And I just like, like wrote down like, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I don't think the historical society would. I mean, as touching as a as a thought that would be, I don't see any historical society putting in the effort to do that. I don't know if just all historical society volunteer is like a licensed grave digger. Yeah, I don't think that's part of their like whole deal. I think they're there to tell history and not move bodies. <laughs> but yeah, and th- so we get like a little nice like they go to walk away, mm. and you see like for a yeah. second. The couple and the boy like reunited as a family, and she turns around. They're not there. Yeah, and that's that. That caps the pilot. Yeah, it's a very strong pilot. It really is. Like we mm. skimmed over a lot. There's definitely a lot more to this, uh, but yeah, it's definitely like if you're considering like watching the show, like definitely start with the pilot. It's solid and it's good yeah. enough to get you into the show. Typically, we watch like three episodes that aren't always the first episode. But yeah. we try and watch the first episode, and this is the first time I'd say I'd recommend starting with the first episode if you want to get into the show. Yeah, we watched the first episode, and then each of us picked an episode from the rest of the episode listings. And I went with season one, episode six, Simplicity, <laughs> because it's kind of a fun, slightly sillier one, and it introduces one of my favorite supporting characters, Tad Raxel. <laughs> <laughs> the the gist is is that uh Mackenzie Phillips uh Mo- they, is her name just Molly Phillips she get to keep her last yeah. name yeah 
That's great. Uh, yeah, which is opposite of what normally happens in a TV show where right? you have your same first name and you make up a new last name. What a weird choice. Uh, so, like, the, the, the thing is they're going to this small town where Star.Star, uh, uh, Star, this corporation, is. And Molly Phillips, when she was young, wrote a jingle for Tad Raxel, the CEO of this business, who is now very big. And apparently her mm-hmm. jingle helped get him, like, in people's minds and helped helped his business along. Uh, I actually... Yeah, the show, it is a part of the canon that after, because Molly used to be in a band with the dad and another guy. And then when he died, the band fell apart. And, like, in between, she worked as a jingle writer to support her family. And then she's like, I can't do jingles anymore. I'm going to be my own solo singer songwriter. I need to do this again. Yeah. So yeah, Tad Raxel and his star dot star kind of a Google type company. Yeah. She wrote their jingle and he's been pressuring her for another jingle. And she's like, I got to break this to him in person. I'm not doing jingles anymore. So they're going to the star dot star headquarters, which is in a middle of nowhere town in Utah, because she says Tad is cheap and that's where he could get the cheapest land. So it's this little like tiny town with just a massive corporate headquarters building. Yeah. And like there, we see and a like, shot later, like coming from his office and the background is like it's in a bustling city. So like, I don't know how big <laughs> this land is, but or how tall this right, building and- is. There's seemingly no infrastructure around to support Star.Star. I don't know where its employees live. Yeah. Uh, speaking of its employees, though, uh, when we're introduced to Tad Raxel, uh, we meet his, like, two, like, assistants, his two, like, yes-men, and yes. and I love them. <laughs> like, <laughs> they, they offer amazing, like, comedic, like, support for this episode because they, like, follow all his movements uh, and, like, Whenever he, like, nods, they nod with him. And it's just, it's very worth watching for, like, the physical comedy of it. (laughs) And Tad walks around singing the jingle. Touch the world near and far. We're all one with star dot star. And he makes everybody sing it with him. And even when he's done singing, he, like, turns to his yes man. He's like, keep humming it. So they're humming this quietly while he is talking to Molly about this jingle that they are humming. Yeah, Tad Raxel... He's so amped up. He's so enthusiastic. He literally jumps up and down several times. Yeah, he's like, there's not really a good word for it. He's just very, yeah, very eccentric. Uh, He's got this manic energy. And watching this episode again, I think I realized why I like him so much. hmm. He reminds me of the same frantic nonstop energy of Wolfie from the Tenth Kingdom. Oh, that's a deep pull. I gotta, I gotta look up his picture because I, I think I know who you're talking about, but I don't see it. Wolfie. Okay, tenth so kingdom? for the listener, the Tenth Kingdom was a TV miniseries that aired around this time in the year 2000. <gasps> it's about a girl who falls through a, a magic mirror into this world where all the fairy tales are real, and she's to like find another magic mirror to get her way out. I say girl, she's like a 23 year old woman. Yeah, <laughs> and she. She's with this guy who's like the human personification of the big bad wolf. His name's just Wolf. And he is manic. He is animalistic and manic and like completely smitten with her. And this miniseries is about like him teaching this jaded lady to believe in love again and her teaching him like, calm down. <laughs> like, we're not getting married. You haven't even had taken me to dinner yet. Yeah. Do you have dinner in this fairy tale world? Yeah, no, I just looked at a picture of him. You're absolutely correct. That is yes. the same energy. Uh, <laughs> I also want to point out before uh, we forget, Tad Raxel, that's such a Star Wars name. Like, <laughs> and not even a good one. Like, <laughs> he's no Kit Fisto. He's no Kit Fisto. There's a lot of people you can say that about, too. Like, Vin Diesel, <laughs> he's no, no Kit, Kit Fisto. Fisto. Like, I don't know. Uh, Clay Aiken, no Kit Fisto. Certainly, certainly not. Uh, he's also uh, Tad Ra- Tad Raxel is played by Garwin Sanford, which is kind of like he's a character actor. Like you would recognize his face, but not know where to place him. Uh, where may I have seen Garwin Sanford from? Uh, he was in Eureka. Uh, oh, 
Ah, he, yes. He played, uh, I just passed it up. I think he played like a senator uh, or something. Like he played like a visiting like official to like help mm. them get stuff th- done. He was on Arrow for a little bit. Um, he was on The Outer Limits. Uh, he was in Stargate SG-1. Uh, yeah. These all track. Yeah, he's he's all over the place. You would definitely recognize his face and the way he moves and stuff like that. Also, his name is Garwin. Garwin. He's a he's big from, fan of that. He's from Nova Scotia. It's a Scotian name. Oh, <laughs> Nova Scotia's finest. Exactly. Uh, so, uh, the reason that they uh, uh, get kind of stuck in this town is because as soon as they yes. pull in, they lose control of their car, and we we pass by a bunch of like cars that are like stuck in the road that aren't moving and have their hoods up. Uh, and they almost crash into this, like, diner slash grocery store. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, we quickly find out as they go into the grocery store and, like, talk to people that, like, technology kind of just doesn't work in this town. Like, <laughs> yeah, they almost crash into a car graveyard of a dozen other cars that have stopped working. Yeah. And you see in the background just people wandering through this town that are clearly stuck there. Yeah, there's like a bride and groom and like a bunch yes. of other people like, we're, what do we do? We just live here now. We live in Star.Starville. Yeah. And when Feed like tries to like take a reading with her uh, EMF detector, uh, mm. it like a bunch of wind blows through the room. And I think it, like, explodes. Uh, and the only evidence she finds is a little tiny top hat. Uh, like a Monopoly-sized top hat. Yeah, like a piece. Uh, and it's just a very... just. This is the tiny top hat episode. Like, I don't, I didn't know what to expect <laughs> at that point. I'm like, okay, this is what we're doing. <laughs> oh, okay. The culprit is a... Uh hat you got your bottle episode you got your tiny top hat episode (laughs) beach episode school fair body swap small hat (laughs) what do we do with a small hat uh (laughs) so uh they quickly like fee goes out and does some research and finds out that it's Mm. gremlins uh but not like the gremlins we know these gremlins have like webbed toes and they're small and invisible uh and, and they have like little top hats and spats yeah and very sharp which i i kind of like that idea i think that should be applied a little bit more in D D. I think yeah uh but like she quickly finds out like the way to fix everything is just to apologize to the gremlins because gremlins were actually the ones that started the industrial revolution uh and it's yeah. <laughs> their like help a dish like help to humanity that caused us to have the technology we do. So whenever we forget about them, they break our stuff. Yeah, they're mad at Star.Star not paying the appropriate respects. Exactly. So that's how they kind of get out of the situation. It's it's a very cut and dry kind of like, that's how we do it, and we fixed it, and now we're done. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, they get Molly to write a a new song that's to the same same tune as the Star.Star jingle, but it's like... We don't need all this technology. We can just be friends. Yeah, pretty much. It's like, it's okay. We we get it. The gremlins have gotten too big for our britches over here. We we pay our respects. And the gremlins are like, okay. Like, there's a part where Fee yells at Ned to start the bus. And he's like, I tried. I can't. And she says very seriously, you can. We've been forgiven. <laughs> and the last bit of this episode... Molly's broke the news to Tad, like, Tad, I can't be your jingle lady anymore. And she's on the bus, they're getting ready to leave, and Tad's cronies lift him up so that he is parallel with Molly sitting inside this giant bus. And he's like, hey, Molly, thanks for everything you have given me. That jingle really inspires me when I'm down. You want to get a drink sometime. And there is an episode later where Tad Raxel comes back oh. and he does a date with Molly and the family is staying at this hotel that has an inexplicable like tropical tiki themed bar and lounge in the hotel and half of this episode takes place in this tacky tiki lounge. Interesting. Wonderful. I love it. <laughs> so yeah, like it's it's a very like quick cut and dry. Uh that was the episode you picked, the episode I picked was uh, season seven, or not season seven, season two, episode seven, where it's just called, I think it's just called Boo. 
Uh, Boo! Yes. Yeah, and it's it's the Halloween episode, so I couldn't not pick it. Uh, mm-hmm. And they go, they think they go to this town to like stay in like kind of like a like a I think it's either like a bed and breakfast or like an Airbnb kind of thing. Yeah, it's like this old woman just runs this house that they go and stay at, and then leaves later. Uh, <laughs> so it's I, I guess yours now. It must be an Airbnb. Uh, and it's you know the night the night before Halloween. Everyone's very excited, uh, but there's some weird happenings, because there's always is. Yeah, so the the family's very psyched for Halloween. You can see that they've decorated the entire inside and outside of their tour bus with Halloween decorations. And they roll into town, and it turns out, like, Fee is not about Halloween. She's like, great, I love that there's a day to make fun of everything that I'm trying to get people to take seriously. And Jack keeps making fun of her for it. And they show up in this town thinking, like, oh, we're going to spend Halloween in this town while we're, you know, traveling through on our way to a show. And they find out, like, oh, nobody in this town does Halloween. Halloween, what's that? We don't care. They're like, that's weird that the entire town is on this vibe. Yeah. And, uh, oh, we should also mention that we meet uh, the other bellboy in this episode. Yes. Carrie is here. Yeah. I I didn't (laughs) care. I didn't know what to make of Carrie. All I knew is that I missed my sweet summer child clue. Carrie is a lot less goofy than Clue. Carrie's primary, he's still kind of a, he's still kind of this dumb California boy, but way less of a degree of that than Clue is. Carrie's slightly more mature. He plays guitar. He dropped out of college to play guitar in Molly's band. Uh, And that's really his personality. Plays guitar, is handsome, is very tall. And that's that's Carrie. I thought he was going to be the cool gay character, which, I don't know, in another timeline, maybe he would be, but that's just the vibe yeah. I got from him. Oh, that would be nice. Uh, but yeah, so like, night falls, and suddenly, uh, this town that doesn't celebrate Halloween has a lot of spooky characters walking around, mm-hmm. uh, and we see that uh, maybe these aren't spooky characters, but maybe actually dead people, uh, because there's <laughs> no one else yes. left from the like the town like walking around it's just spooky characters and no one else is to be found um mm. and then uh henry winkler shows up <laughs> the producer himself this is the henry winkler episode unless he shows up in like late season three that i haven't finished rewatching yet yeah after he shows up like fee like has like meets up with him uh and it just becomes a henry winkler episode he just steals oh, the show absolutely it's all him. It, and he also is very, he's so manic. He's just yelping. So he shows up. <laughs> so Fee and Molly are inside of this uh, bed and breakfast where they're staying. Like the woman who runs the bed and breakfast, who's talking about her, her husband that died last year. She's kind of disappeared. And Henry Winkler just pops out of nowhere, yelling, wearing a very bad wig, and he's covered in shaving cuts on his face. You know, a typical Henry Winkler appearance. (laughs) Screaming in a a wig. Yeah. And you find out that this town has this special supernatural deal where once a year on Halloween, the dead are allowed to walk again through the town but they take one living person back with them for the year. And with this exchange, the town gets to be beautifully prosperous. You know, all the crops grow, all the businesses thrive, everybody there is happy. And Henry Winkler is the guy who was taken last year, and he spends the whole episode trying to find somebody else to take his place. Like, he's not exactly dead, but he's lived in the land of the dead, and he does not want to go back. Yeah, that wasn't clear to me for a while. I thought he was just a really weird zombie. Uh... But yeah, like that's as far as like sacrifice rituals go, that's a pretty good deal, especially if he can come back for a little bit like every year. Yeah. Like, I don't know how he got stuck with like the short end of the stick. Uh, But yeah, it's I don't know. I think he was just outside. This is why everybody in the town is gone. You have to be like behind a lock somewhere. Yeah. So that then the ghost like the, the dead can't get to you. But if you're out and about, they can grab you. Yeah, at one point they say there's, like, no locks in the town except for the town hall. And I don't know why that would be if you have to be behind a locked door to be safe. Oh, I might have that wrong then. No, that, like, well, that you're right. That's what they said. But I'm just thinking mm. about it now that that doesn't make sense. Everyone would have a lock at that point. <laughs> it's a weird episode. 
There's a, a part earlier on where they're talking about dressing up for Halloween and Carrie mentions that he followed Ned as a roadie on the Kiss reunion tour. And so he apparently learned from Kiss how to do Halloween horror makeup, which is not exactly the same thing. Yeah. And I love that we have this roadie for hire on our tour. Can he bring his young son? Of course he can. I mean, it works on uh, Molly Phillips tour. Like, it's a whole family <laughs> affair. Yeah, but it's not like it's Kiss's own children. It's like the roadies kids. I maybe this is just how this world works. Where like if you're in the music business, any child is welcome to come along for inspiration. And then they'll get into the music business. I mean, in the world that is Disney hijinks, that sounds plausible. Any child can be anywhere. That's true. There's no law. Stop Every that. child is qualified. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure Carrie pulled his weight as a junior roadie. <laughs> so the episode just kind of like ends up with like them tricking, uh, essentially like uh, Henry Winkler was going to trick Fee and her family into replacing him. Uh, mm. But they trick him by like putting on makeup to make themselves look dead. And when the dead people show up, they're like, wait a second, you look dead like me. Another show. Uh. <laughs> yeah we can't take you back to the underworld if you're already dead yeah and sophie has to like convince her family to do this without telling them that's what's going on she's like no they uh had a halloween party after all we all have to get dressed up we all have to go and like fee doesn't look dead so much as she just has a large purple wig <laughs> not all of these are good but like jack has a skateboard embedded in his chest yeah Irene has her cell phone jammed, like the antenna coming out of her head. And Carrie, it took me a while to get what he is, but he has these wires sticking out of his head. And when he turns his head, it looks like a piece of a downed power line fell on him and electrocuted oh, him. That makes and that's sense. what all those wires are. I thought so he like the, fell through a barbed wire fence or something. That's why I, th I don't know. Like we, <laughs> we don't have any insight into how Carrie Bell does his special yeah. effects makeup. For for how this quickly, his... <laughs> for how quickly they had to do this, it looks pretty good. Like this should have been his other character trait, but besides guitar and handsome. Yeah, honestly, more men should know how to do makeup. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so they they trick Henry Winkler, and then like they uh they get the keys back that were stolen from their car. And they zip on out of town. That's the Halloween episode. Yeah, yeah. And then the ghosts, uh, the dead, just have to take Henry Winkler back with them. Yeah. Oh, there's a part in this episode <laughs> where Henry Winkler, he takes, his character's name is like Fergus or something. Who yeah. cares? So he takes his shoe off and he starts eating mashed potatoes out of his shoe and his, he turns to Fiona and he says, I mash him on the run. <laughs> So what he's been doing, and I don't know if he has done this only while he lives in the land of the dead or if he did this as just a normal living man, is that he boils a potato, puts it, it, fits it into his shoe along with his foot, runs around, mashes the potato, takes his foot out of the shoe, eats the potatoes out of the shoe. I don't think this is a Fergus thing. I think this might be a Henry Winkler thing. That's ripped from his own private life. You, you <laughs> met Guys, him. Did, did, did he smell of mashed potatoes? I did meet him once the first time uh, the Wizard World Comic Con came to our city. I'm like, I can meet someone who was in Arrested Development. So I met him. He was dressed like it was Easter Sunday. He was so vivid and lovely and charming. It was a good time. Uh, I don't remember if he smelled like mashed potatoes or not. I remember him like peeking out of like the back of his like little uh, like draped area. Just because yes. he was like like photobombing like people's like like pictures, uh, <laughs> and his handlers were like, "Don't do that. They need to pay for that." Like, <laughs> you can't just be in the background of a shot of a bunch of Power Rangers cosplayers. <laughs> You're not a teenager with attitude, Henry. Not anymore. You had your chance, and you jumped the shark. <laughs> Fonzie was the ultimate teenager with attitude. So. That's the, uh, I think that's the end of what we can say about So Weird. Uh, I I have much more to say, but... We can always I, do I have to shut... I would love to. We, we should cover an Annie episode. There's a really yeah. great Annie episode where they go to this town where all the kids are behaving too perfectly, and it turns out they're all being mind-controlled by this video game. Ooh, fun. Yeah. 
so yeah that, that was so weird um i think looking back i think this is a very bingeable show uh yes if you wanted to get into like something spooky uh something like old 2000s like disney kids like it's definitely like perfect right up your alley yeah it's got a real x-files junior vibe to it yeah 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 uh so yeah uh thank you guys uh so much for listening uh and thank you for for uh checking out our first official halloween episode the first of many more we may not even wait till halloween to do another one all right ghosts exist all year exactly if you guys would like to find us online or if you guys would like to talk to us about the show uh, you can find us, uh, you can find Saturday Morning Obscurities on Twitter at SaturdayMOPod. Uh, you can also email us at uh, SaturdayMOPod at gmail.com if you have any uh, thing, any shows you'd like us to watch, any recommendations, or any questions or comments. Please uh, rate us five stars on iTunes, and if you do, we'll mm-hmm. read those aloud on the show, only on iTunes, because I can't find them anywhere else. That's too much hassle. Uh, <laughs> if you guys would like to talk to us personally... Uh, I am at uh, James Wilk on Twitter. I am at WilkyWit, W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. You can hear me on the Whatnots podcast network. I co-host the Captain's Log and the Review Show. Uh, there is an episode of the Review Show that we did about season one of Gravity Falls. So if you're tired of me just mentioning the show and not actually discussing it, you can go hear me and my uh, me and my co-host Kyle talking about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I always forget that that's actually from Gravity Falls. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, get him. Get him. Once again, thank you guys so much for watching. And don't forget to relax, kick back. It's Saturday. It's Saturday. So we are headed off the main road. Where are we going? Well, honey, I have a little errand to run, and I would like to keep it private. That is, if anything on this bus can be private. Are we going to go see Tad Raxel? How did you know? I found an issue of this global computing magazine underneath your bed in Cincinnati. This is so cool. Maybe I'll get some free software. Wait, wait, wait. Tad Raxel's like his megazillionaire, right? So why would he give you free software? Well, Mom wrote this really catchy jingle for him when she worked for the ad agency. Wait, was it the one that's always on the radio? Don't sing it. Touch the world, near and far. We are all one at Stardust Oh, man, I love that song. You wrote that, Miss B? Yes, I wrote it. I was young. I needed the money. That was a year and a half ago. Please, just call them and tell them we're coming. Hey, are you guys singing the jingle without me?